Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. We're going to get into this. You've all heard it by now, the audio. You've heard, you've all heard it of Zuckerberg saying, well, you know, he was on Rogan's podcast. The FBI told us to not publish any information about the Biden Hunter Biden laptop from hell for a week because it was Russian disinformation. Well, we know that's a lie. And remember, there's a saying, I want you to start repeating this. When you lie to the government, that's a crime. When the government lies to you, that's politics. The government is free to lie to you. There is no repercussions or ramifications when the government lies to you. Say, well, we'll vote them out of office. Well, isn't it kind of funny how if they do something like, hey, don't be mad at us for lockdowns or forced vaccination or anything else, keeping your kids home from school, spending $4 trillion above the federal budget. We'll uh, forgive and forget your student loan debt so you'll like us again. Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks. Now, I'm kind of hoping this backfires on the Democrats because when people who paid off their student loans or never went to college or served in the military get the bill, I have a feeling they're not going to be very happy about it, but, you know, Green Jean-Pierre says uh, this is popular. They, 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 they pulled on it already. Biden's out there now on the campaign trail saying we've brought down inflation. That's a lie. Inflation hasn't come down. This alleged Inflation Reduction Act has not actually reduced inflation. But Joe Biden is saying we reduced inflation. No, there's no inflation reduction. As a matter of fact, inflation is going to rise. When you lie to the government... It's a crime when the government lies to you. It's politics. Biden can lie to your face all day. Nothing can happen to him. Not legally. And if Democrats come up with the right set of giveaways and goodies and gifts of largesse from the Treasury, they won't get voted out of office. So they can lie all day. Who cares? Green energy is not green. Build back better doesn't build anything back better. And the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation, but there's no there's no cost to lying. Only when you lie to government. But we have two distinct movements here. I've pointed out the geometry of building up versus building out. And after a generation, you know, it's been a generation. If you remember in the 90s, and maybe you were too young. If you remember in the 90s, there was a reaction to southern suburbanization that took place in the 80s in places like Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, South Florida, I mean, Boca Raton, Orlando, the the suburbs were exploding. And quite frankly, they're exploding again because people are getting the hell out of New York. But what was happening at that time is people were taking their money, their resources, and they were leaving states like New York and bringing their resources to places like Florida. And the New York social scientists, the the government, the academics, the people at the New School of Social Research, for example, which is the, the school that is trying to promote this second layer of Social Security taxation, they look at that as robbery. And before that, there was something called white flight. They called it white flight. And once they called it white flight, they were able to attack it as if white people were somehow robbing black people of social capital. 
So when you look at the idea that people are going to live in a metropolitan environment, an urban, a city, if you will, the assumption is with a population so great, so dense, that the number of taxpayers and what they contribute can then be shared with those that are low income or formerly disenfranchised or had faced discrimination, what have you. But at some point, there's a tipping point when the taxes you pay no longer provide you a requisite lifestyle or the kind of lifestyle you expect, whether it be crime, whether it be schools, whether it be transportation, whatever it is, and people get the idea that maybe they should they should leave. But by leaving, they are no longer paying taxes to the schools. They are no longer riding government transport. They are no longer contributing to that jurisdiction's economy anymore. The elites of the cities saw that as the people leaving were taking something. And where do they get that idea from? The Communist Manifesto. That's in the 10 Pillars of Communism. That you take the property of emigrants and rebels. You try to leave, we're taking your stuff. So they saw that as robbery. The first step in places like New York City was out to Long Island or North to Rockland or Westchester. Then the next step after that was to South Florida. New York began to view this movement to Florida as robbing the state of New York, denying something to the state of New York that the state of New York or the city of New York felt they were entitled to. This movement. But what was happening is people were bringing resources into the communities they were moving to. So there might have been some grumbling and griping, you know, these people are moving in, you know, whatever. But they weren't asking for anything. If you see suburbs like Scottsdale, Arizona, or in places now like Idaho, the suburbs of Boise are booming right now. I'm sure it's going to cool off, but people are moving out of California into Idaho. But if they are not coming as a public charge, they are not coming to live off the local taxpayer. They are not coming to demand resources. If they are bringing resources, then that's a benefit to where they're going. In the 90s, the Democrat left had a dirty word for that. Do you know what it is? If you live through the 90s, what was the dirty phrase for suburbanization in the South and in the Southwest? What was it? Urban sprawl. They had to fight urban sprawl. Urban sprawl was pushing people further out of the city. And because they were no longer using government transportation, they were buying automobiles. And they were demanding more roads and the widening of roads. And they were moving further out, which meant their commutes were getting longer, which meant they were driving more, which meant they were putting out more carbon, which meant they were causing global warming. Global warming in the suburbs. We have to stop global warming in the suburbs. Urban sprawl. That's what they called it. Fight urban sprawl. And how did they do that? They incentivized suburban communities to have green spaces. Right? to essentially wall off tracts of land from development. The EPA became very authoritarian 
You want a new shopping mall, well, you've got to do an environmental impact study. You can't just dig a hole wherever you want. Right? They, the federal government came in and said, you can't dig a hole here. But then somewhere along the way, they got wise. And they said, you know what? The cities are way too burdened with low-income people. And Democrats win with 90% of the vote. What we need to do is relocate our burdens and our voters out to those robbing of resource suburban communities. Those sons of bitches. Those freaking capitalists. They took resources away from us, the city politician, the Democrats. And what did they do, these selfish son of a bitches? What do they think they want? They deserve some elbow room? A front yard, a backyard, a place for their kids to ride their bikes in the streets? Who the hell do these people think they are? That kind of thing is only reserved for us. Swimming pools? How dare you? I mean, think about the water use that you're so selfish. And then your barbecues? You're eating meat? Eating meat's causing global warming. We're going to get back at you. So now we're going to make you dig a hole. We're going to make you build low-income housing. We're going to make your community expand and densify, but these people aren't going to bring any resources. But you're going to provide them an education. Oh, yeah, buddy boy. You think you're leaving the city and taking your education dollars with you? Uh-uh-uh. We're going to send you the students. And then we're going to send you all sorts of people. And you're going to have to hire police officers and firefighters and librarians and all sorts of things. You're going to have to expand your community. That's right, buddy. But you're not going to increase your tax base. The two big distinct movements. One wants to centralize everything in the hands. Why do you think Democrats... Let me, let me take a sip of my coffee here. Democrats wised up when it came to some of these things, just as they had it, you know, on some level in New York, originally when people started leaving, like, fine, bye, you're not really cosmopolitan anyway, Pfft, go, go to North Carolina, live with those, you know, rednecks if you want, but then they were like, hey, they're taking money with them, Democrats used to hate corporate America, but then they realized something, if we can take over corporate America, you know, small business owners are a pain in the ass. There's so many of them. Right? I mean, how many car manufacturers are there? Oh, three, four, depending if you want to talk about imports. We only have to deal with three or four people. When it comes to major retailers, Amazon, Walmart, Target, we don't have to deal with every little mom and pop sporting goods shop and haberdashery, ladies' lingerie, right? The Democrats figured out that sitting at the top of the pyramid was the best place to be. So the reason why they learned it's better to control the federal government and corporations because then a handful of people deal with a handful of people. If you've got mom and pop businesses and state and local politics, that's a lot of things going on. That's a lot of people. That's too many. That's too much noise. Defund the police. Force government schools to be on grant programs, forgive student loans, all this stuff. They are centralizing everything. 
The other movement is the opposite, like I said. Maybe 40 years ago, Republican voters were corporate, corporate voters. Now they're small business voters, working class voters, mom and pop voters. And they want control back in their local communities, in their local school boards. They don't want to be told from Washington, D.C. that they're going to teach their five-year-olds that boys could be girls and girls could be boys. So these two distinct movements are one to nationalize everything or federalize everything, and the other is to restore state and local power and push back an omnipotent corporate power. And that's driven a lot by big tech. These are the kind of things we'll be doing at this event this weekend. We've got a lot to get to. You know, I'm going to play this throughout the program. You know, it's been a year since Tamira Mensah Stock won the gold medal in women's wrestling. Have you noticed she has no sponsorships? Man-hating Megan Rapino got to be the face of Subway. You can make all the foot-long jokes you want or tuna-sub jokes you want. Go right ahead amongst yourselves. But immediately, she was considered a, you know, you know, advertising gold. Tamir Mensa stock? No way. And you want to know why? Of all the Olympic athletes that got sponsorships, many of whom didn't even win the gold. I mean, you know, Simone Biles crapped out halfway through la the, the last games. When Tamir Mensa stock won the gold, unlike Megan Rapino and some of the angry peppermint patties on the soccer team who lost to a bunch of 15-year-old boys, Tamir Mensa stock gave a speech that, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it, it made me tear up. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm going to play this tonight on television. I'm probably going to tear. I'm going to tear up a little bit while this plays. This makes me tear up. This woman is my hero. Play cut four. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, corporate America said no thanks. No thanks. We'll take Megan Rapino. She hates her country. Perfect. We're right. They're wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.